I think a believer married to an unbeliever, the closer you grow in your relationship with the Lord, um, the more there's a sense of grief and loss because the further to some degree you would feel from your spouse. You know, because in a marriage, if both of you are moving in relationship with the Lord, the, the Lord is the center of the relationship. And if you have a relationship with the Lord and they don't, um, and you're getting closer to the Lord, it can feel like you're getting further away from them. Howdy, this is the Real Marriage Podcast with Mark Driscoll and... Grace Driscoll. Amen, sister. Well, thanks for joining us for these episodes on Win Your Marriage War. It was a marriage retreat, a conference that we did in Missouri. And uh, we had some great time in the main sessions. What we're doing today is a little bit different. We also had some live impromptu Q&A. Aren't you glad you don't have our job? We're on a stage in a church in front of a bunch of strangers. You get to answer personal, intimate questions, which usually have something to do with your sex life. And before we jump in, Grace is going to read a quick review for you, and then we'll see you for the podcast. Sunny7327 says, the topics you cover are very relevant as well as the way you deliver them, being real and heartfelt. We have been listening since before our marriage 13 years ago. Wow. Thank you for the truth and wisdom you share. Thank you, baby, for reading the review. Thanks for joining us for the Real Marriage Podcast. One, two, three. Here we go. We are honored to have both of you with us. In fact, the whole Driscoll family. Yep, we brought the whole nation, man. We, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. We love it. Um, and so we hope that this will be a preview of coming attractions. Every time you'll just bring everybody. <laughs> so, be great. Um, but uh, as you know, we've got some questions and uh, you guys have the answers. So uh, I'm gonna start with this one that was texted in that I think for a, for a lot of young couples is of interest. And I, you know, they may have grown up in, in a home where there wasn't a lot of parental advice as they moved into marriage. And so this person writes, what is a common mistake you see a lot of young married couples make as they get started in their relationship? We did all the things wrong that you could possibly do. Um, you can answer the question, I'll jump in. I mean, we did it all wrong. We, I wasn't a Christian, she was a Christian. We were sleeping together before we got married. I mean, pretty much we found all the landmines by driving over them. Uh, we made all the mistakes you could make. Yeah, I think a lot of times just emotional attachment and not, there's no logic in it or there's no asking the Lord, what is your will? Lord, it's, this is my will right now, so this must be right and we're just gonna plow ahead. Um, I think when we're young, we just, we forget to often include God in the equation. And I know I we, wasn't We doing did, that. for sure we yeah. did. And, and if we had of at any point, we would have stopped a lot sooner. Um, but when we finally were interacting with a godly church community, um, that's what really started to bring us back to where we were, had God as a priority. And then out of that reflected fruit in our relationship and obedience and, and joy in a whole nother way in our relationship. And in our culture, a lot of the conversations about how to be successful. And if you believe the Bible, it's how to be anointed. And God doesn't anoint people. He anoints people who are under his word. And so if you want to be blessed and anointed, you got to listen to what God says and try to live under the authority of his word. And so where we really messed up, I wasn't a Christian, so I was completely wrong. Grace wasn't walking faithfully with the Lord. So we started completely disobedient to God and his word. 
And there was no way he was gonna anoint or bless that because God only blesses his will and God only blesses his word. So we had to do a lot of repentance, change, like Grace said, get in a good church, come under spiritual authority. We, we had a lot of baggage and carry-ons we had to work through early in marriage that caused a lot of problems. For young men, um, I've got, we've got all our kids here, um, our oldest daughter's married and our oldest son's engaged. They're gonna get married in a couple weeks. So congratulations, kids. Um, but what happens a lot, particularly today in relationships, you sleep together, you live together, and what happens then is um, you can't live under God's authority or God's word or God's blessing because you've just decided you're not gonna do it God's way. And especially for a young man who says, I wanna spiritually, lovingly, humbly lead my family. If you start sleeping together, you lose all your moral authority. You can't look at your girlfriend or fiance and say, honey, we can't do that because God says no. And she's like, we're naked. I don't think we do what God says. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to have any authority unless you come under all of God's authority. And so for those who are young, if you don't come from a good family or good modeling, find a church like this that's led by a healthy marriage like this one is and surround yourself with good godly counsel, wise counsel that can serve like mothers and fathers. And then the beautiful thing is that if the world doesn't have good marriages and families, the church does. And so the church family can help make up for the lack of what we maybe would previously get from our family. And I think a lot of times we think that whoever we're with will make up for the pain from our past and they'll heal us. And if we go into marriage thinking that, we're actually not gonna heal. We're gonna cause pain to the person that we're with. And I think for us, and we see this a lot with young couples, they get into it thinking, yeah, they're gonna help, they're gonna fix things. Um, and it makes it worse. Before you go into marriage, you need to heal. Let God heal you at a soul level from whatever your pain of the past is. And then you can come together and work on newness and redemption in a new relationship with God as the authority. And another thing I know you've said often is that we always have a list of what we think we want in a spouse, whether it's a man or a woman. But have a list for what you can be as a spouse, how you can be working on you, how God can change and challenge and grow you so that you're ready and will attract a godly person and a whole person and a, and a repentant person and the things that you actually want in them. Do that in you first. So good, so good. Um, it seems like this person might be asking for a friend. It says, if a guy is not a Christian, should a Christian girl even consider dating him? Let me see. Everything looks different when you're a dad than when you're a single guy. Everything looks different. When you're a single guy, you're like, I don't know. Your dad, like, I know. Like, uh, so um, if they don't understand Jesus, they can't understand you. And if they don't understand Jesus, they don't know who is most important to you. And so, um, you know, we tend to think that, well, you know, we love each other. Love comes from God and God is love and God pours out his love by the spirit. If they don't have the spirit, they don't even have access to the same source of love that you do. And so, you know, we, we did this wrong. I mean, I was not a Christian, I was Jack Catholic. And then Grace was a pastor's daughter who wasn't walking with the Lord. So she, we, I meet her and I think she's adorable, still do. Um, and she, I, she was like, are you a Christian? I only date a Christian. I was like, well, praise the Lord. So we started dating. And, 
And I was pretending, I didn't really know what a Christian was, but I thought, well, you know, whatever, I'll go to church, I believe in God. James says even demons believe in God and they shudder, you shouldn't date one. Um, and so um, we start sleeping together, which we shouldn't. And if I, and then I did come to know the Lord in a deep and profound way. God separated us by about 300 miles and we weren't together. And I got profoundly uh, born again. God just grabbed my soul all at once. And so I called Grace, I was like, I met Jesus. And you had just come back into a vibrant relationship with Jesus. And I was starting to think that maybe you weren't a Christian. <laughs> and so yeah. I gave you a Bible. Yeah, she gave me a Bible. <laughs> She should have given me a bullet, but she gave me a Bible. And, uh, but had I not met the Lord, there's no way in the world that this marriage would have worked. Um, because at the end of the day, if both of you don't have the Spirit of God, you don't have a chance. I mean, like we just talked about, the unholy spirits are at work trying to destroy a marriage. And the only way that you're going to defeat unholy spirits in marriage is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, um, you know, I would say there is no reason to date or have a romantic relationship with someone that is an unbeliever because the Bible says to guard your heart, you know, and, uh, and that ultimately you want to be with someone who loves the Lord and knows the Lord and has the Spirit of God. And sometimes when you're single, you're thinking, I think we can make this work. Now add children. And you're like, well, the Bible says, and they're like, I don't believe the Bible. Well, I think we need to pray about it. I don't pray. Well, let's go to the church and meet with the pastor. I don't go to church. Jesus says a house divided against itself can't stand. Division literally means two visions. And if one of you works from the word of God and the other doesn't, you literally start with division. And you can't have a household that remains upright if its foundation is built on division. It just doesn't work. And so, you know, for us, we tell our kids, don't just marry a believer, but a believer who agrees with you so that you can architect the life that you believe God intends for you together. It's not just enough to marry a believer. You gotta agree on marriage, family, God, Bible, sex, church, like there's a bunch of things that need to be together. Life is hard enough when you're trying to build your life. If you're arguing over the blueprint, you're never gonna get to building anything and you need God's word to be the blueprint for that. So good, so good. And I think this is probably a fitting follow-up. Um, this is something that was just texted in. So what is your best advice and encouragement for someone married to an unbeliever? I came to Christ after we married, and I've been praying for my husband's salvation for eight years now. God bless that woman. I mean, well, yeah, it's uh, her hus husband. So it's a woman, I mean, we used to live in Seattle, it could go either way there, but here I think it's probably a wife, if there's a husband. Um, they're gonna get that in a minute. Um, and so, you know, God bless that woman. Um, I think a believer married to an unbeliever, the closer you grow in your relationship with the Lord, um, the more there's a sense of grief and loss because the further to some degree you would feel from your spouse, you know? Because in a marriage, if both of you are moving in relationship with the Lord, the, the Lord is the center of the relationship. And if you have a relationship with the Lord and they don't, 
um, and you're getting closer to the Lord, it can feel like you're getting further away from them. Yeah, it's like the unequally yoked and literally the oxen under the yoke. And when someone's going the other direction from you, you, you can't, you're ending up pulling the whole weight of the cart because the other person's going the other direction and you're not equally yoked under the, that pressure. And so it's, it's a horrific place to be, but yet God knows, he knows where you're at. He will meet you where you're at. And I would say for you, make sure that you're surrounded by really godly, healthy community of women to help um, just bring you along in that, to support you, to pray with you. Don't stop praying. Um, we never want to stop praying for the salvation of someone, but especially your spouse. Um, God sees you where you're at. And I think um, just having that support around you is super important because you just, you are in a battle. Like Mark talked about, you're in a spiritual battle. And the thing you want most is for his salvation. And so continue to live your life for the Lord, continue to be in the word, continue to be in prayer, um, continue to worship God um, and be in community and keep praying that he will come along um, in God's timing with that. It's, there's not an easy answer for that. You're in a very, very difficult situation and we're sorry for that. Yeah, and First Peter 3 talks about that, you know, pray and serve, watch your conduct and your character because there comes a point where you've said everything you can say mm -hmm. and it really comes down to them and the Lord, you know? And, um, and at the end of the day, I just wanna publicly honor the person who asked the question. It, it means their heart is still open toward their spouse. They love them, they want good for them. The reason that they're asking is they're trying to figure out, is there anything else I can do to love them so that they would experience Jesus' love? And so they're just, if that's your heart and intent, the person asking the question, you know, they're blessed to have you. Because Jesus is loving them through you, whether they know him or not. And your job is not to save them, but just to love them. And it seems to me just from the heart of the question that you're doing a good job and we wanna honor that because you're doing what you can do. You can love, but you can't save. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Such a good word, that's a good word. It's interesting, this, this next question, the person kind of refers to their growing up and says, you know, growing up in church, uh, heard abstinence preached on or talked about a lot. What have you found helps to transition from sex is bad as your mindset once you're married and sex is now good? Yeah, I always say we have weird messages for kids in church. I didn't grow up in church. Grace grew up in church. I grew up down the street from a strip club, so we had different upbringings. Um, <laughs> And the message in church tends to be, you know, sex is dirty, nasty, vile, and wrong, so save it for the one you love. It's a very confusing message, you know? Um, and so our goal is, you know, when we teach, and even our kids, and our kids are of that age now, our goal is not that they would be virgins, but that they would have good marriages. And, um, and so sometimes what parents will do is they'll be so big on abstinence that it really damages and harms healthy marriage relationship. So there was some years ago, uh, I'll never forget, it was, we were doing some marriage conferences, traveling around the country, and I was doing a Valentine's event a long time ago in Minnesota. And we were doing Q&A between the sessions for this radio event, two different couples in a row, young couples, very cute. They both looked a little like you ask, no, you ask. So I could tell it was a sex question because they looked awkward. And, uh, <laughs> 
And they both went to the same church that I won't say, and they both asked this question, when should we consummate our marriage? And they both had wedding rings on, both couples. And I was like a beagle that heard a whistle. I was like, what? Like, like, what is going on? I was like, so what do you mean? They were like, when should we have sex? I was like, when you're married. They said, I know, we know, but when, when you're married? I was like, I don't feel like we need a professional to be involved in this question. I feel like an amateur could take this question. I looked at the both couples separately in line and I asked, how, so are you virgins? They said, yes. I asked one couple, I said, how long have you been married? They said, four months. Every guy just <laughs> threw up in his mouth and had a heart attack. Okay. They were so afraid of sex that they were scared to even consummate their marriage relationship. And so sometimes we can, we can scare our kids, we can, um, we can cause fear in our kids that actually traumatizes their marriage. And if your goal is, well, I want them to get married as a virgin, that's great. How many, how many of you parents think it's good to, it's, it's a good thing if you can marry a virgin, okay? How many of you don't think it's a good thing to be married to a virgin? Okay. There is a difference. There's a big difference. So we like to say that people tend to see sex as gross, God, or gift. And people who see sex as gross, it's either bad religious teaching or trauma. People that are sexually immoral, perverted, addicted, they tend to see sex as God. How do we teach them that it's a gift? And like every gift, it needs to be cherished and it needs to be stewarded, but it is still a gift. And so you came from the church world. Yeah, I did. I saw sex as gross and I had trauma. So I had double to work out. And um, for me, it really was that transition of seeing sex as created by God. And that was really hard for me to get my head around for a long time. And um, because of my trauma and because of my upbringing. And so for me, I really had to search the scriptures for that and see what God says about that and go to Song of Solomon, the places that are hard to read when you don't think that God created sex somehow. Um, but it's also um, needs to be taught that sex is best in marriage because that's a safe place. That's supposed to be, like you've talked about it, like the hearth, a fire needs to be in a hearth. And when it's outside of that, it, it harms, it does harm. And so sex is like that. And, and it's safe in marriage. That's where God created it to be. And so for me, that's where, I mean, I really had to um, allow the Lord to renew my mind in my view of sex. And it took some time to do that. It took me healing from my trauma. A lot of people that have been through trauma have fear of sex. And, um, and going to a professional that loved the Lord and loved the word and helped me work that through, talk that through, and let the Lord heal me from that so that I could be free in that area and not see it as gross. I think a lot of couples, when they get married, they're not at the same place. She saw sex as gross, I saw it as God. And I'd look at her and say, you got a problem. She'd look at me and say, you got a problem. I think God looked at both of us and said, you're both right. <laughs> and so it took us a lot of work in the Bible and like she said, the Song of Solomon and stuff to get to a place where it's like, okay, how do we have God's perspective that it's a gift? You know, and for those of you that uh, even wanna do more study on this, like Rosano's book, A Celebration of Sex, uh, gets into a lot of specifics. The Dillows, D-I-L-L-O-W, they've done some really good work on marriage and sexuality, and she's dealt with some issues for women. They've written a good book together going through the Song of Solomon. It may be a really good thing. I, I've seen a lot of couples, 
they don't talk about sex and they don't pray about sex. And they wonder why they have problems with their sex. And you need to talk and pray about it and come into agreement so that when you are together, you're in agreement with what God says. And it, it took us a lot of biblical work and repentance and healing and, and we got married. I didn't know Grace was an assault victim before I met her. And so it made sense then, she sees it as gross because it was violence and it wasn't love and it was damaging, it wasn't, um, it wasn't, it wasn't encouraging for her. And so sometimes uh, we, I was very selfish. I'll just be honest with you, we're friends. Um, you know, <laughs> nobody's listening, just being secret. So um, I, as a young man, I was just very, very selfish. I was like, I was sexually active. I met Jesus and I stopped having sex. And I thought, okay, I get married now and Jesus is gonna bless me and it's gonna be better than ever. And I was just very selfish. I wasn't thinking, what has she been through? I didn't know about her trauma. I didn't understand her religious upbringing. And so honey, I, I, I asked, you have forgiven me and thank you for that. But I was just very selfish. And, um, and I was very scared, so it didn't lead for health, toward health until we actually dealt with it. Yeah, and we had to come to God's understanding of it as a gift and heal from the trauma and, and, and spend a lot of time talking and praying about it before we really came to one mind about it. This person writes in, what's the best way to help your wife believe she has been made in the image of God if she has insecurity issues that are affecting your marriage? Well, the scriptures tells the husbands to wash their wives in the word. And I think that's one of the most beautiful ways is to sit with her, pray over her, um, share the word with her, let her ask questions. And when she's believing lies, help her with truth, not in a religious way, not in a condemning way, but when something that I had to do in my process of healing um, was just journal out. Every time I would hear a lie about my identity or about body image or whatever the issue was, I would write out the lie that kept coming to my head and then I would go to the scriptures and write out a truth that opposed that because the lies kept circulating until we combat that in the spiritual realm with truth from the word, we really can't stop hearing the lies. And so for me, that was renewing my mind and I had to actively do that and actively in that time, when I'd hear the lie, I would go back to my journal. This is the truth. I'm not believing it right now, but I wanna believe this, Lord. Help me to believe this. Renew my mind in this area. Help me to not believe the lies. Resist the enemy and he will flee from you. And so it's, it's a process of doing that. And women are prone to lies. I mean, all the way, like you said, from, from the garden, right? Um, and so we believe that lie then and we're continuing to believe these lies that, this, that the enemy likes to bring to us. And a lot of them are around our, our identity because that's what it was in the garden as well. And so really doing whatever exercise you need to do, whether it's journaling or scripture reading, um, all of those things, prayer, but the husband can be helpful in that in continuing to reassure and being open to having those honest conversations. If she's wrestling with something in her identity, be willing to say, I'm so sorry, empathize. I don't want you to believe this. This isn't true. How can I help you? Ask how you can help. A lot of times guys don't really even understand because they don't ask. Ask how you can be most helpful in that. Sometimes we just need a listening ear and we don't need you to fix it. We just want to be heard and then pray over us or just sit with us while we cry. Um, but you don't need to feel like you have to fix everything. God's gonna heal those places. But um, yeah, I think for you, you had to really reassure me over and over and you still do. I mean, you're constantly encouraging me 
And there's still areas that I know the enemy hits me hard in and I have to keep resisting. It's an active walk with Christ. It's an active um, renewing of our mind. And one thing too, I didn't hit it when I was in Genesis three, but it comes to mind. There was one man and one woman because God didn't give us a standard of beauty. He gave us a spouse as our standard of beauty. When the Bible says that a leader should be a one woman man in the New Testament, means that he's acting like there's only one woman on the earth and that's his girl. And the problem in our culture with pornography and lust and even social media, it's just a sickness. I mean, we look at people and we just swipe. It's like, that's a human being made in the image and likeness of God whom Jesus Christ died for. And in a millisecond, I made a decision as to whether or not they were hot enough to get a like. There's something profoundly broken in the soul. You know? Um, And so we have Facebook, we don't have soul book. You know, we carry about everybody's outer, we don't care about their inner, and the Bible says that man looks at the outward and God looks at the heart. And so character doesn't matter. Um, we're just in a very confused day, and I think it's harder than ever. But you think about it, Adam had one woman. That's it. So she looked great, <laughs> right? She looked great, He's like, that's the hottest woman I've ever seen. <laughs> And, and so Better God, than the aardvark. Yeah, yeah. There was an aardvark. There was a donkey. I was naming them. They brought a goat. And I was like, that's not her, right, Lord? And then Eve came. I was like, that's amazing. That's amazing. And so, you know, God gives us a standard, not a standard of beauty, but a spouse. And what that means is, as your spouse gets older, your standard of beauty changes. Yeah. You know? So Grace's standard of beauty used to have bangs. <laughs> you know, now her standard of beauty is no longer a man with bangs. And so things shift and they change, you know? Um, but that's the big problem we have today. If, if you're into pornography, you can't be satisfied with just your spouse because you don't have a spouse. You have a standard of beauty that you're constantly comparing your spouse to, and that is impossible. You've just now set up a total guaranteed defeat for satisfaction and health in the marriage. And if the woman who's having this problem with um, her identity issues or her body image issues, if she's on social media doing the comparison game, that is really damaging. So if that is what your story is, I would encourage you to take a break from that. Take a fast um, or a sabbatical from whatever is feeding that lie in you um, so that you can renew your mind truly from the word. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Real Marriage Podcast. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a five-star review. We love to hear how this podcast encourages and helps you.